you're listening to the Telltale Channel. Don't forget to check me out on all social media, Patreon, Twitter, Teespring, and Etsy. All links can be found in the description or on my website, telltaleatheist.com. You guys remember Robert Jeffress, right? Super homophobic, extreme right-wing pastor who mixed politics into his sermons so much that he actually got in legal trouble for it. That's genuinely hard to do. You can't endorse a political candidate from the pulpit, and he endorsed Mike Pence for a 2024 run. You know, after Trump finishes his second term. Glad that didn't happen. The worst consequence he can face from it is losing his tax-exempt status anyways, and last I checked, it didn't even get that far. Anyways, he's back in the news for an odd clip he put out. He he went on Jim Baker's show the other day and had this to say. We're also going to work in heaven. Now, that may even sound more like hell to some people, you know, working in heaven. But remember, God created us to be workers. Work was a gift from God before the fall of Adam and Eve. God meant for us to find fulfillment in our work. He's a worker. He created us to be workers. But in heaven, the new heaven and the new earth, all of the things that drain the joy out of our work, bodies that grow tired, strained relationships, government regulations, all those things will be removed and we're going to enjoy work like God intended us to enjoy. Fascinating. So we'll be working in heaven. I wonder where he got that idea. If we're actually taking the story seriously, which I don't see why we should, but if we are, Adam and Eve's only job was to name the animals, right? They just sat around all day eating fruit and hanging out with the animals. What was their job? Different denominations have different views of heaven. That's because the Bible says almost nothing about what heaven is like, and hell isn't even in the Bible. References to it were added centuries later, and our modern view of hell is largely formed out by the book Divine Comedy, written by Dante, in a chapter titled Inferno. The chapter itself is commonly referred to as Dante's Inferno. That's where we got our modern perspective on hell, not from the Bible. So everything Jeffress said in here is completely fabricated, made up. I always got the impression heaven would be different for everybody. Whatever would make you happy, that's what heaven would be. Presbyterians believe that heaven is where you merge with God. You cease being you and become one with him. Jehovah's Witnesses believe only 144,000 people go to heaven to rule as kings and priests alongside Jesus. They view it as a physical location in the clouds where they can look down on and judge us. Don't even get me started on the Mormon viewpoint. The point is, when there's a lot of denominational deviation like this, it means the Bible's probably really vague on that subject, and people should refrain from making shit up. But you know Robert Jeffress. That's his specialty. Robin Bullock has a really interesting explanation for why he was wrong about Trump being president again. We had Kat Kerr and Johnny Enlow and a bunch of other self-proclaimed prophets telling us that Trump won and God was going to reinstate him as president on March 4th. So I wondered, how are they going to explain this one? Well, we're looking at Johnny Enlow's response to his claims about March 4th in a minute, but this is Robin Bullock's. Listen to this. What you need to do now, the stage is set. Everything is set. But you're going to have to pray for the rightful president, whether he wants to walk back into this or not. You must pray that he wants to do it. Because God won't make him do anything. Is it his will? Yes. Is he the president? Yes. That's why he could just walk right back in. And God will supernaturally move things out of the way. But you need to pray for encouragement. 
So it sounds to me like he's saying that God will supernaturally move things out of the way. He'll move Biden right out of the White House as soon as Trump is ready to take the rollback. So Trump is the only hang-up here. All he has to do is walk into the White House and take it over. And that's it. But the reason Robin Bullock was wrong about March 4th is because... Trump chose not to do it, and God doesn't force anybody to do anything. Absolutely fascinating. I knew we'd see some interesting explanations, but this is a humdinger. You guys remember Johnny Enlow, right? He's one of the prophets who claimed Trump would be re-inaugurated on March 4th to take over in place of Biden. He said Trump was chosen by God to be president. He even went as far as to say that God usually lets us vote for president, but this time around he isn't letting us pick. He's picking the president for us, and the guy he picked was Trump. And the Lord, it was like, he's like I'm really not interested in your all's vote this time. I'm doing it. I usually give you all that option. This time I'm not. This is a rescue operation from heaven. This is this is a, a a moment of the ages. This will go down. This time period will go down as a before and after AD, you know, a, a, but BC, AD, depending on what terminology you use now. Well, he's got a new angle. This is his explanation for why Trump still isn't president, like he prophesied would happen on January 20th, and when that failed, March 4th. Check this out. Just need to know there is going to be no buckling, no backing off from me, because this is uh, this is something he is saying. He is saying that's why I'm emphasizing even, because sometimes we can get into talking about what's going on behind the scenes. I think a whole mm -hmm. lot going on behind the scenes. I could have a 30-minute conversation about what I think is really going on there. I'll just say I think we have two presidents, uh, essentially. One's over the corporation. One's over the republic. One has the essential uh, machinery of the economy and the essential machinery of the military. And one has things that, to do with other things. That, you, know, you can say what's, what's left, a little niche there. So there you go. The original claim was that the U.S. stopped being a republic and became a corporation after the Civil War. Every president after that was the president of the corporation, and God was going to install Trump as the first president of the republic in like 150 years, since the Civil War ended. So his claim is that Trump was inaugurated secretly as the president of the republic, and Biden remains president of the corporation. Trump controls some levers of power, and Biden controls others. But it's better this way, according to Enloe. It means Trump won't get any of the hate that comes with being in the public eye. It means Trump gets to be president with none of the downsides. There you go. Prophecy fulfilled. And Lowe can explain to everybody that he was right all along. That's pretty convenient, right? Pat Robertson is an interesting character. He started out saying that Trump was absolutely going to win and God would come in and save us from the socialism of AOC and Bernie Sanders. After the election, he had a complete meltdown on air, making all the same claims we've heard from the far right since the election ended. Then he came out and said, you know what? Trump lost. He has to accept it. He was even a little critical of Trump, surprisingly. But now he's decided it's a good time to start leveling baseless attacks at Biden. Of course. Listen to this. Without question, he is intellectually impaired. He's got senile dementia, and we have him as our president. So you ask yourself, who's running the show? Intellectually impaired. Fascinating. This coming from Pat Robertson. This is the exact same accusation that was leveled at Trump, except there was actual hard evidence to back it up in that case. Psychologists coming out and explaining what they saw happening to Trump's brain in his public addresses. Things like mispronouncing words regularly, having really slow days, being zippier and sharper in the mornings and slower at night, that kind of thing. There is currently no evidence to suggest that Biden 
suffers from Alzheimer's or dementia or any of that in any form. And that rule about not diagnosing people from their public addresses, that's called the Goldwater Rule. And it isn't an ethics violation. It was made up by politicians to defend their extreme right conservative candidate, Barry Goldwater. It isn't a part of psychology. Psychologists are perfectly free to point out red flags they see from politicians and still be within ethical bounds. But why should I take the word of a religious extremist like Pat Robertson? If licensed and well-known psychologists express concern over Biden, I'll listen. I haven't heard a word about it so far from the scientific community, unlike with Trump. Only the extreme right religious community. Before we take a look at all that, let's listen to some voicemails. Don't forget, if you want to call in and leave a voicemail, the number is 1-800-701-8573. Hey, this is Owen. If you're comfortable, leave your first name and state at the sound of the tiny truck backing up. Hello, hello. It's Tony from Oklahoma calling again, asking, have you ever at any point been so caught up in your beliefs and ideas that you just wanted to hate, distance, and detach yourself? from people, but you also realize that you need to interact with everyone to function properly. What's your experience with this? And also... There's a second half to this, and I'll get to it in a second, but I do want to address that first half. Um, I am dead set on never separating myself from people, basically shunning anybody under almost any circumstance because of my experience with shunning. So I try not to do that. If at all possible, I put my best foot forward not to not to separate from anybody. And if I feel if I believe in something that strongly, then I generally try to re-examine that belief to be extra sure that it's correct because it's possible that you know I don't feel like I believe in anything. I probably do. I try not to believe in anything. I try to only accept things that are facts or reject things that aren't. Generally speaking, that's kind of my policy. Let's listen to the second half. Do you believe that Jehovah's Witness is a uh, organization or corporation disguised as a religion? Thank you so much. Bye. Is it disguised as a religion? That's an interesting question. Uh, it definitely is an organization, for sure. It's like a corporation, basically. But when you think about it, all churches are really businesses disguised as religions. That's what they are, really. And... That's one of the reasons why I have such a problem with churches being tax-exempt. To be tax-exempt, you're supposed to provide some value to society, some tangible good that you can point to and say, look, I'm helping in some way. But churches, the only value that they claim to provide is the inherent value in the fact that they're Christian. That's it. Just the fact that they are Christian and they exist and they're spreading the Bible, that's automatically assumed to be a public good. And I have a big, big problem with that, definitely. But yeah, Jehovah's Witnesses is an organization, and it is a business at its core, and they do operate like a business would. They have schemes to make profits and things like that, just like any business. I don't want to get into how they do it too much, but they basically have their population builds kingdom halls and then sell off the old ones uh, for a profit. That's pretty much one of their money-making schemes. So, yeah, definitely a business. Hey, Owen, this is Jordan. I'm from South Carolina, and I just had a quick question. I'm watching your most recent video on the uh, sports that Jehovah's Witnesses are against, and you mentioned that they're against martial arts or anything of the sort because it quote-unquote promotes violence. 
what do they say if someone were to be attacking you? Are you just not supposed to defend yourself? Are you supposed to just stand there and take it? I don't know. Some food for thought. Thanks, bud. Thank you for everything you do. We really appreciate it. Very interesting question, actually. I think this is one of those things that varies from person to person or varies from congregation to congregation or from elder to elder, family to family. Generally speaking, the rule is if you're being attacked, you can defend yourself. You're allowed to defend yourself, but you're not allowed to practice defending yourself in case you need that that practice. You're not allowed to you know, get involved in karate in any way or any kind of martial arts of any sort or learn self-defense tools or any of that. So you are allowed to defend yourself, or I was anyways. I was allowed to hit somebody if they hit me first, but I wasn't ever taught how, basically. I would love to go back and, you know, learn some of that stuff now, like go to like a karate class or something. I think that'd be pretty fucking cool. But yeah, that's the general rule. It, uh, it's kind of a family-to-family thing. But in my family, you were allowed to hit them if they hit you first. Hey, Owen, what's up, buddy? Listen, it's Fat Stein from New Jersey back at you again. Something just occurred to me. You've talked about not only Jehovah's Witnesses, but, but, but Mormons in different you know, branches of Christianity on your podcast. And you've also talked about you know, even Muslims. One, one religious sect you've never talked about was the Jews. And I'm wondering, is that because you don't find him, you know, as far as being in a cult? Uh, appreciate the question. Very interesting question. The answer is yes, I do believe that there is there are Jewish cults out there, without a shadow of a doubt, definitely. Especially in New York City, there are like Hasidic communities and ultra-Orthodox and stuff like that get very, very extreme. And some other groups in Israel that, that get really, really extreme. But I don't feel like I know enough about the group to criticize it fairly. So I generally steer clear of it. I also generally steer clear of Islam for the same reason. I don't feel equipped enough to talk about it. Though there are absolutely Islamic cults out there, and there are absolutely Jewish cults out there. I generally leave those things to people who know more about how they work and are more or better versed in that type of subject. That being said, I have covered Judaism and I have covered Jewish cults on the podcast and maybe even on the main channel. I think mostly on the podcast a couple of times. It's been years, but it's on here somewhere in some clips. Next, we're going to talk about Pastor Robin Bullock coming up with a new explanation for why Trump still isn't the president. Give us 30 seconds, and we'll be right back. You're listening to the Telltale Channel. Don't forget to check me out on all social media, Patreon, Twitter, Teespring, and Etsy. All links can be found in the description or on my website, telltaleatheist.com. The next article I wanted to look at is titled Robin Bullock Claims Prophets Have the Power to Call Trump Back into the White House. This is on rightwingwatch.org by Kyle Mantila, so let's give it a read and see what it says. Right-wing pastor Robin Bullock used his church service Tuesday to urge his fellow prophets to come together and call former President Trump back to the White House 
declaring that if they will do so, God will supernaturally move things out of the way to allow Trump to return. Bullock is among the various self-proclaimed prophets who guaranteed that Trump would win the 2020 election. Like many of those prophets, Bullock still refuses to accept that his prophecies were wrong, even though President Joe Biden has been in the White House for over a month. There's a clip that goes with it, so let's pull that up and see what Robin Bullock had to say. What you need to do now, the stage is set. Everything is set. But you're going to have to pray for the rightful president, whether he wants to walk back into this or not. Now that is fascinating to me. Let me tell you why I find that so fascinating. You guys remember before March 4th, I did a podcast at the time where I was talking about how March 4th was the new date and Q people claimed that Trump was going to be inaugurated as the 18th or 19th president of the United States. I don't remember which. Uh, obviously, Biden is the 46th president, not the 18th or the 19th. He's the 46th. The reason that they said Trump was going to be like the 19th president is because the Q people believe that the, when the Confederacy broke off from the Union and then rejoined at the end, they believe that the government that formed was no longer the Republic of the United States. It was no longer the U.S. government. It was a corporation. It's a huge conspiracy that involves a lot of, you know, evil and subterfuge and blah, blah, blah. Back then, the inauguration date was March 4th. They changed it to January 20th back in like the 1930s or something. So they believed that Trump was going to be inaugurated as the real president of the U.S., the 19th president of the U.S., of the actual United States, rather than the corporation that Biden is a president of. Uh, and when that didn't happen, when he wasn't inaugurated on March 4th, I was just sitting here with bated breath, waiting to see how they'd respond to that. Here's their response. This is what Robin Bullock is, has come up with. This is how he's getting out of it. He wants to walk back into this or not. You must pray that he wants to do it. Because God won't make him do anything. Boom. God won't make him do anything. So it's God's will that Trump is the president. That's what this guy is saying. It, he is the rightful president. That's what he's saying. But... If he doesn't take the job, then he won't have the job. So Robin Bullock can come out on stage and say, I was correct. I was right all along. He has the job if he wants it. It's not Biden holding us up. It's Trump. Is it his will? Yes. Is he the president? Yes. That's why he could just walk right back in. And God will supernaturally move things out of the way. But you need to pray for encouragement. Nobody. This is honestly an ingenious way of addressing this problem. I mean, how the fuck do you answer for prophesying that Trump was going to be president and then he doesn't become president? How do you resolve that? Like, how do you fix that problem that you just created for yourself? What did Kat Kerr do? Doubled and tripled and quadrupled down. I've got clips of Kerr that I'll be talking about in the future. 
of her saying that there are people being arrested for treason and sedition and all this other stuff right now because they won't let Trump back in. That That is the dumb way. That's the bad way of doing this. This is the smart way, honestly. Come up with a, a, an unfalsifiable explanation for why you were wrong. Trump doesn't want to. If he wanted to, he could just walk back into the White House and take it. That's what this guy's saying. It's very genius. Nobody was beat on like that, like our president for four years. Nobody. Nobody's ever been beat like that. Nobody? <laughs> Not even Jesus? I mean, I think Jesus had it pretty bad, right? Maybe he didn't think that one through all the way. And still stand with such, such optimism and, and speak with authority. Even now, the rightful president, Donald J. Trump will hold a rally, and you can tell he's still the president. Dude, is this guy still holding rallies, really? Is Trump still holding rallies? I haven't heard a fucking word about it, and it's been glorious. I haven't had to listen to his voice, like, screeching in my ear about just, you know, all this stupid shit. I don't even need to hear it. I don't even need to look for it or watch it or, or think about it. Dude is completely fucking irrelevant now, and I love it. All you have to do is listen to him. He's the president. Hallelujah. All you have to do is listen to him. He's the president. They treat Trump like he's um, the Messiah, really. They really view him and treat him that way, honestly. It, 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 it's almost like he's the new Jesus. I'm not being hyperbolic here. That's how they view him. He's part of their theology in an equally as important role in some of these people's theology, seriously. That's why they speak of him in such a way. That's why they talk about him like he's Jesus. They make comparisons and stuff. David could have said at any time, I don't want to do this no more. I think I'll just stay in the wilderness. Comparing Trump to David now. I've been chased by Saul long enough. But there had to come a time when David said, I'm going back. And that's what you want to pray. That there will be faith arise because he is the president. And no matter what happens, he's the president. And he's supposed to walk back in that office. So call him back. Call him back. I'm sorry, man. This just, whether you like it or not, he's not the president. That's just what it is. If he trespasses on White House property, he'll be arrested. I would love to see it. Please, by all means, Trump, do it. You, he knows exactly what would happen. Trump knows what would happen if he trespassed on White House property. And that's why he doesn't dare. All in back, once he knows the prophets are calling. He knows this is bullshit. He's spoken disparagingly of evangelical pastors and so-called prophets before. He knows this is bullshit just as much as anybody else. He'll come. Hallelujah. We're gonna but he does, on the other hand, desperately want their support. The enthusiasm that he gets from these people is really, really important and really useful for Trump to use against people. So he will play into it as much as he possibly can. But he, he knows if he trespassed on White House property, he'd be arrested. He knows that just as well as anybody else, and that's why he doesn't dare. We're going to have to start publicly talking about that he's the president. 
People say, really? Why would you say that in public? Yeah, that's embarrassing, dude. Why would you say that in public? I I'm awaiting your answer. Let's have it. Say that in public. Because he is. That's why I say it. Because he is. Don't mess with us, uh, Satan. Don't mess with us corrupt political uh, regimes. Don't mess with God's people like that because I'm going to tell you something. If you mess with us, we'll call him back for three terms. Don't mess with us. You've never seen the power of God in action before. Maybe if I had, I would believe that it was real in the first fucking place. I love it. So you're going to call him back for three terms, huh? Well, why don't we start with the second term and see if you can get something done from there? I swear these people le live in la-la land. Like, there, there's just, like, reality is nowhere to be found. Let's read Beth Stoneburner's take on this from the Friendly Atheist website. Sure, and I make six figures as a freelance writer. Saying it to yourself over and over doesn't make it true. It's obvious Bullock is just trying to appeal to his own echo chamber. His utter refusal to accept reality makes him pretty disgraceful to the rest of us. Like I said, the guy is disgraceful in, in what he's saying and doing and, and what he believes. But I really think this is an ingenious way of getting himself out of that little jam he created for himself by claiming that... Trump was going to be inaugurated on January 20th. And when that didn't happen, claiming he's going to be inaugurated on March 4th. And when that didn't happen, what do you do from there? Like, you are in a fucking jam now. You're in a pickle, bro. Well, I guess his choice was to say, Trump's the holdup. Not Biden, not Satan, not anybody else. Trump has to want to. That's an ingenious way of retaining your audience and explaining it away. Uh, although... It, it makes you a scumbag. I'm sorry. Let's take a look at Super Chats. EJST, have you watched Murder Among the Mormons? I don't think so. Is it a TV show? I don't know that I've heard of it. Zada Hugla, as a matter of fact, Einstein was born on Pi Day. Boom! I thought so. I was pretty sure that was the case. Ray Anime Girl, overly sarcastic productions, did three fantastic and funny videos on each of Dante's Divine Comedy. I'll have to watch them. That's really interesting. Okay. Is that on YouTube or overly sarcastic productions? It sounds like a YouTube channel. Lawrence, it's, it's Sunday. Nice try. It's Sunday. You almost got me with that one, but it is Sunday, in fact. Zenobi, my two-year-old somehow knows when you stream and wakes up. Oh, that's interesting. Perfect timing then, huh? Pasty Cake, after seeing the golden statue of Trump, I'm convinced that these people are very, very close to calling Trump the second coming. Yeah, I, they have, some of them. Some of them already have. Uh, some of them have not framed it as the second coming of Jesus. Some of them just have framed him as a, a new messiah, but yeah. That, that is something that, that, that's happening right now. Zolfner, Owen, I'm moving to New York and running. Do you have your vote? Do I have your vote? You're, run, you're moving to New York and you're running for office. Interesting. Probably not. I think we disagree too much politically, but I think that you're a troll and it's really hard to tell what you are joking about and what you're not. So honestly, I'm not even sure what's real. Jesse Schodel, is that how big a pre... Or is that how being a preacher works? You shout it loud enough and it comes true. Yes, that is in fact how it works. How it works for them, apparently. They live in a different fucking reality from us. So yeah, I guess so. Next, we're going to talk about Pastor Johnny Enlow claiming Trump is president. We just didn't see it happen. Give us 30 seconds, and we'll be right back. You're listening to the Telltale Channel. Don't forget to check me out on all social media, Patreon, Twitter, Teespring, and Etsy. All links can be found in the description or on my website, telltaleatheist.com. 
The next article I wanted to look at is titled, Johnny Enlow insists Trump has been secretly ruling and reigning as the true president. So a while back, I talked about the fact that March 4th was an extremely important day in evangelical theology. Q people believe that when the Union and the Confederacy rejoined, it formed into a corporation. And the new president that took control of the U.S. government after the rejoining took place, they believe he was the president of a new corporation, not of the Republic of the United States of America. They're drawing this distinction between the corporation and the actual U.S. government. So the idea is these people believed that Trump was going to be re-inaugurated as like the 19th president of the U.S. rather than the 45th president, which is what he was. He was the 45th one. Biden is number 46. The Q people believe that he was going to be like number 19 or number 18. And they believed that he was going to be inaugurated again as number like 18 or whatever on March 4th because back when the Civil War was raging and the new corporation formed, quote-unquote, according to them, Inauguration Day was March 4th. It didn't change to January 20th until, like, the 1930s. So all of these pastors, Johnny Enlow, Kat Kerr, Jeff Jansen, Robin Bullock, and a bunch of others, they all believed and claimed outright, publicly, that Trump would be re-inaugurated as the, like, 18th president or whatever, of the United States on March 4th. They came out and said that. And one guy, Jeff Jansen, the snazzy pastor, what I call him, he even publicly said we would be cheering in the streets, we would be celebrating by March, April, May, June. So what was their explanation going to be? March 4th has come and gone, and here we are, these people made a claim. What are they saying about it now? Are they just keeping their mouths shut or what? Well, Johnny Enlow came out, and explained. So let's give this clip a watch and see what he had to say for himself. This is why Trump didn't have a public inauguration on March 4th like he claimed was going to happen. Just need to know there is going to be no buckling, no backing off from me because this is uh, this is something he is saying. He is saying that's why I'm emphasizing even because sometimes we can get into talking about what's going on behind the scenes. I think a whole lot going on behind the scenes. I could have a 30-minute conversation about what I think is really going on there. I'll just say I think we have two presidents, uh, essentially. One's over the corporation, one's over the republic. Fascinating. So he's saying Trump was inaugurated secretly. Nobody knew that it was happening. No evidence for that claim. No evidence of even a corporation. Like, this is just a complete conspiracy theory that people made up. But he's still sitting here parroting this and doubling and tripling down. He can't let this go. Do you know why this guy can't let it go? Because back in October, before the election actually took place, I think it was in October, somewhere in there, he actually said, Trump is going to be president for a second term. God told me he was. He didn't just say, I think that this is going to happen. He specifically said, God told me that. 
Listen to this clip. And the Lord, it was like, he's like I'm really not interested in your all's vote this time. I'm doing it. I usually give you all that option. This time, I'm not. This is a rescue operation from heaven. This is this is a, a, a moment of the ages. This will go down. This time period will go down as a before and after AD, you know, but BC, AD, depending on what terminology you use now. How do you come back from saying something so very, very specific? He said that God told him specifically that Trump was going to be reelected because it's out of our hands. Doesn't matter how we vote. God's putting him in. He's he's ignoring our votes. Official dictator territory now is basically what Johnny Enlow is saying. So how did he explain it? His explanation was Trump was secretly inaugurated. That's pretty fucking convenient, if you ask me. One's over the corporation. One's over the republic. One has the essential uh, machinery of the economy and the essential machinery of the military. And one has things that to do with other things that okay so a one is over a corporation one is over the republic so obviously the claim is that trump is over the republic and biden is over the corporation which one has control of the economy and the military i'm wondering he said the other one has control over other things but wasn't very specific about it i'm wondering which one has which responsibilities as things that to do with other things that you, know, you can say what's what's left a little niche there what's left a little niche there okay and and there is a moment of quick confrontation coming where uh, uh it's going to require that things go back fully visibly in the order that the lord has said please man don't do that why is he doing this to himself he could have just said you know, Trump is secretly the president of the republic and then just walked away from it. He could have just fucking walked away, been like, yeah, my prophecy came true. Uh, Trump is the president in secret. And yeah, I'm done with this now. Could have just fucking walked away. But he wants to dig himself deeper. Why? Why does he keep digging himself a hole? And that is President Trump will be there again. He is. We'll find out he's been doing he's been ruling and reigning. And again, accomplishing things that he could not accomplish, even if he was in the full role uh, of, of standing in the presidential seat because of the attacks he would be getting. It's really saving him. There's a kind of a strategic wisdom to do. Oh, this is better. OK, this is better than being the president because you're not in the public eye. So you can do a whole bunch of shit that you couldn't do because you were in the public eye. That makes sense. That checks out. All you can while they have to shoot at somebody else. How does he live with himself? Why does he continue to make absurd prediction after absurd prediction? Is he ever going to stop? Trump is part of this guy's theology. Like literally second coming level shit is who Trump is in this guy's belief system. He believes that Trump plays such a major role in God's plan in the world that he's going to be a hinge of the ages, quote unquote. God chose him specifically to save us from things that we don't know we need to be saved from yet. Quote, unquote, direct quote from this guy. It does not get more delusional than this. And, and this guy is not a nobody either. He holds a lot of sway and is well known and is the leader of a massive megachurch.
He is not a nobody. This is a quote from the video we just watched. I think a whole lot is going on behind the scenes. I think we have two presidents. We'll find out he's been ruling and reigning and accomplishing things that he could not accomplish even if he was in the full role of standing in the presidential seat because of the attacks he would be getting. This is Beth Stoneburner speaking. There are not two presidents, just as there are not two realities existing at the same time. There's Earth One, where Joe Biden won the where Joe Biden won the election fairly, and there's whatever planet Enlo is on, where Trump is the eternal leader and Democrats are all spawns of Satan. Plus, we know Trump isn't president because Congress just passed a major COVID relief bill that benefits middle and lower income brackets. Trump would never do something so beneficial. Not on purpose, anyway. That's a good point. These people are seriously like in a delusional state right now. And, and they are massive thought leaders in the evangelical movement. The evangelical movement i'm estimating is between 70 and 80 million people that's a fucking big number and QAnon is like 22 million that's huge this is a problem that's going to have to be addressed eventually like we're not going to be able to just kind of sweep this under the rug we can't kick this can down the road we have to cut down on the misinformation spreading like wildfire let's take a look at super chats Jesse Schodel, is that how being a preacher works? You shout it loud enough and it comes true? Yes. <laughs> Blue Phoenix, I saw a painting of Trump on a cross. It was disturbing. The monies is for the meows nummies. Awesome. I will feed the cats for sure. I appreciate that very much. We'll do that at, uh, after the, the next story that I'm covering. And yeah, it is fucking disturbing. There are a lot of pictures of that kind of shit. There are also him depicted as like a, a holy person, like in stained glass, like in the glass of a church or whatever, that kind of thing. It's very, very disturbing. Very disturbing. Dan Yeager, I showed a coworker the golden Trump and he claims that no one is worshiping it, so it doesn't count as a false idol. Also, I can't wait to see the kitties. Oh, that's hilarious, isn't it? That no one is worshiping it, so it doesn't count as a false idol. First of all, bullshit. They are. They, they are worshiping this thing. Like, they worship Trump. It's a golden idol to somebody who they view as the second coming of Jesus, essentially, or or the new Messiah. He plays a massive role in God's plan. I, I wouldn't be surprised to hear that somebody said that Trump is God's son. No joke. Like, they take this shit very, very seriously. And if I remember correctly, didn't the Jews get in a lot of trouble for worshiping a golden uh, statue? And that statue was supposed to represent God, as far as I can remember. So God doesn't take that shit lightly. Cal E, it's the dictatorship kink again. It is. It's fucking weird, man. I don't know why they're so obsessed with, with having, like, a dictator. Ama Tadero, I have the answer of why he's like that. Money. I, it all routes back to money with these evangelicals, usually. It's just fucking weird. 7D chess. Fleurban turban. Yeah, I guess that could be it, too. 7D chess. You need a shirt with my cats on it. That's a good idea. You're right. I should make a shirt like that. You're absolutely right. Thank you for that idea. Next, we're going to talk about Pat Robertson sounding like a fool, then sounding reasonable, and now sounding like a fool again. Give us 30 seconds, and we'll be right back. You're listening to the Telltale Channel. Don't forget to check me out on all social media, Patreon, Twitter, Teespring, and Etsy. All links can be found in the description or on my website, telltaleatheist.com.
So the next story I wanted to talk about is about Pat Robertson. Now, I haven't talked about Pat Robertson in a while, but I'm sure you guys remember this beautiful face right here, right? When the election was happening around that time, I was watching him. I wanted to see what his response was going to be. It started out with him saying he believed Trump was going to win. And then it led to him having a complete fucking meltdown on air. Just lost his shit about everything wrong with the election. Didn't say a word about it for a while. Then he comes back and he starts kind of criticizing Trump. And he said, we need to accept Biden as a president. Honorable position. Well, he's got something new to tell us. So let's go all the way back and see what his responses were. This is the original video I mentioned. In the name of Jesus, I bind the spirit of uh, delusion that's come across our land. We will not surrender our nation. We will not give up this great country. And Satan, you cannot have it. In the name of Jesus, and I began to pray, and I believe God has heard. This is leading up to the election. This is basically his attempt at convincing people that they need to vote for Trump rather than Biden because Trump is a Republican and evangelical Christians always vote Republican. It's their strongest voting block. I'm asking everybody in this audience to pray. It isn't over yet. And I do not think, again, he wants to turn this nation over to socialism. And Bernie Sanders and OAOC and those people are pure socialists. And they want to take over control of everything. They want to run all the business. They want to run all the industry. I'm sorry, what do you think socialism is, Pat? Do you know what socialism is? I'm wondering. I don't think Pat Robertson knows what it is, honestly. All right, let me give you guys a thought experiment here, okay? So I run a nonprofit, still in the works, still trying to get tax-exempt status, but it is structured as a business so far. But in this business, the way that it's structured, the way that nonprofits are structured, there is a board that votes people in to positions. You vote for the president and the vice president and uh, the managers and everything else. And the president and the vice president, they all make decisions for the company. Now, if you don't like how that goes, if you don't like the president or what he's doing or, or whatever... You can vote them out. In some nonprofits, they're structured in such a way that the employees of the company can vote people into those positions, not just a board, but the actual employees can vote for upper management and middle management. They, they have a say in that, right? It's an interesting way of structuring a company where all of the employees get a vote and they install the president and, and all of the board members and everything else. I actually kind of like how that's set up, but it has its upsides and it has its downsides. That's socialism. That's what socialism is. There are no more private companies like that. There are only companies structured like we have nonprofits, like I just described in the U.S. All companies are structured where the employees vote in presidents and vice presidents and middle managers and things. That's what socialism actually is. The employees have a say. It's democratizing the workforce. Instead of having a, um, a dictatorship, basically, in private companies where one person at the top owns everything and he has the say in absolutely everything, it's structured like a democracy. Now, like I said, I'm not sure exactly how I feel about it 
It has its upsides. It has its downsides. It's not all that different from what we have now. Not that different, really. But Pat Robertson and all of these other extreme pastors need to demonize socialism. Desperately need it. AOC and Bernie Sanders are not socialists. They are capitalists that believe in expanding social programs. There's a distinct difference. I also am a capitalist who believes in expanding social programs at this moment. So I call myself a social democrat. That's what that is. I believe in social security. I believe expanding social security is a good thing. I would really love to see that. You say things like that, and they call you a socialist without understanding what the fucking word means. So I get really sick of hearing Pat rail on socialists when he has no fucking clue what socialism is in the first place. Just cut through the propaganda, man. Industry, they want to redo all the uh, uh, energy we've got. They want to take away your cars. They want to stop people flying airplanes. Who, who wants those things? I've never heard anybody endorse any of that shit. They want to take your cars away. They want to prevent people from flying on airplanes. Are you saying they don't want people flying on airplanes because you got in trouble for having a private jet? Is that the problem? Cry me a fucking river, man. I mean, it is crazy what they have. We cannot allow that, so let's pray. And I, what am I hearing? I still think Trump's going to ultimately win. Obviously... Down the line, we found out he did not win. But guess what? None of that happened. We didn't take anybody's cars. Biden ta didn't take anyone's cars. Socialism didn't take over America. Communism didn't come to America. None of that shit. You know what happened? Way more people are vaccinated today than were three months ago. So there's that. Life is starting to get to a point where we may be able to return to normal in the foreseeable future. We see the end of the tunnel. Things are improving. Things are getting better. That's what happened. This is not a socialist hellscape that you claimed it would be if Trump lost. The next clip I wanted to watch is of Pat Robertson basically um, saying that Biden won, finally admitting that Biden won. This is after his meltdown on stage, after Trump lost. So he's admitting that Biden won in this next one, and he's explaining why uh, Trump may not have been the best candidate. It's all over. I think the Electoral College has spoken. I think the the Biden uh, corruption uh, has not totally been brought to, to uh, uh, fruition. But I have no fucking idea what that means, but I'm not going to take the bait. Let's just keep listening. It doesn't seem to be affecting the Electoral College, and I don't think the Supreme Court is going to move in to do anything. Now, that, that was a fascinating line right there. Biden's corruption. He's basically saying Biden's corruption hasn't been completely investigated because there is no fucking corruption uh, regarding the election. But he said, despite that fact, it, it wouldn't affect the Electoral College anyways. That was a pretty big deal for somebody who is a thought leader in the evangelical movement. It's a big deal for somebody like that to say. And I think uh, we're going to see of President Biden, and I also think we'll be seeing a President Kamala Harris not too long after the inauguration of President Biden. Why? 
Why? Why do why does this guy believe that Kamala Harris is going to be the president shortly after Biden becomes president? Is this this ageist bullshit that we keep hearing where everybody's like, oh, Biden's too fucking old. He's too old. Give me a break. He's not that much older than Trump. Trump is in his late 70s. Biden is in his late 70s. They're rich. They're rich. And rich people tend to live significantly longer than us. So I would venture to guess both of them have a solid 20 years ahead of them, honestly. I'd say they both do. George H.W. Bush lived to be like 98 or something, didn't he? But look who's fucking talking. Pat Robertson, a dinosaur from the Cretaceous period, is telling us that Biden is too old and Kamala Harris is going to come in and take over for him. Give me a break, man. He should know better. With all his talent and the ability of, to raise money and draw large crowds. Now this is where he kind of tears Trump apart a little bit here. President still lives in an alternate reality. He really does. People say, well, he lies about this, that, and the other. But no, he isn't lying. To him, that's the truth. He had the biggest crowd on Inauguration Day. He had, the, he had more people than ever. Uh, he was the most popular uh, people. Uh, he saved NBC, but with The Apprentice. You, know, you go down the line of things that really aren't true, and you know people kept pointing to them. But because they loved him so much and he was so strong for the evangelicals, the evangelicals were with him all the way. But there was something about him that was good, that God placed him in that office for the time. He's done a marvelous job for the... Or, or, bear with me, maybe God had nothing to fucking do with it. Maybe God doesn't give a shit what happens in our weird little political world on this tiny little planet in this tiny little solar system, on this tiny little fucking continent, in this tiny little country. Maybe God doesn't give a shit about any of it. Do you ever consider that, Pat? But at the same time, uh, he is very erratic, and he uh, he's fired people, and he's fought people, and he's insulted people, and keeps going down the line. So it's it's a mixed bag. No, there's nothing mixed about it. Trump was just a fucking terrible person, honestly. There's nothing... I, I, what redeeming quality did Trump have? I don't know. Everybody has some redeeming quality. I don't know what Trump's was. I'm sitting here trying to think of one. I'm coming up fucking empty-handed. And I think it, it would be well to say, uh, you've had your day and uh, it's time to move on. So that was a big deal. That was a big fucking deal. Pat Robertson basically coming out and saying that Trump should move on. He's had his day. That's it. That brings us to today. Pat Robertson released a brand new video, and he is miffed. Let's listen. Without question, he is intellectually impaired. He's got senile dementia. Talking about Biden. And we have him as our president. Now, I just want to point something out before we go any further. That's not even the point of this clip, but I want to address it. And there have been no mainstream psychologists with credentials who have come out and pointed out questionable behavior from Biden. Uh, you know, questionable cognitive behaviors that, that may be red flags toward, like, you know, cognitive decline or, or dementia or Alzheimer's or anything like that. Nobody. I haven't seen a word about it. 
That being said, if a mainstream group of psychologists comes out and submits a letter saying, you know, we have these concerns or whatever, I will listen. I will listen to the scientists and I'll listen to the science. Either way, I trust that Biden has enough people around him that they would be able to step in and help out if something like that did occur. That being said, this exact same accusation was leveled at Trump, and I accepted that criticism at the time of Trump. The reason I accepted it of Trump, but I'm not accepting it of Biden, is because mainstream psychology groups and psychologists actually did come out and point out concerning things about Trump's behavior that pointed to possible cognitive decline. Being more zippy and sharp in the mornings and being slower at night, dragging your words out, not being able to pronounce things correctly, like saying United States of America instead of United States of America, sometimes saying things correctly and sometimes not. There were a lot of weird questions that point to things, and psychologists recognized that. Now, I haven't heard any psychologists come out and recognize things like that in Biden's case, but if that happens, I will listen. There's this thing called the Goldwater Rule that I didn't actually know about until not long ago. The Goldwater Rule says you're not supposed to diagnose anybody unless they're your patient. That's a piece of propaganda created by... I believe Barry Goldwater's team. Uh, Barry Goldwater was a politician back in like the 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s. Complete scumbag, in my opinion, as a um, as a politician. And people were kind of doing the same thing back then, like questioning his cognitive abilities and things like that. So his PR team came out and said psychologists shouldn't diagnose anybody unless they're their patient sitting in front of them. Um, that's not an ethics rule in psychology. I don't buy it. I think we can identify red flags from afar unless Trump is playing some big act that he wants us to believe that he's in cognitive decline. I don't see a problem with it. Anyway, let's keep listening to Pat Robertson. So you ask yourself, who's running the show? Now, I want to show you a, a scripture from the book of Isaiah, which I think is important. As for my people... Children are their oppressors, and women rule over them. Now, let's start with children are your oppressors. Now, the reason that Pat pulled out this verse is because he's portraying something that God doesn't like, basically. He doesn't like it when children are oppressors or when women rule over them. Another scripture he could have picked is, I believe, 2 Timothy 2.12. It's either 1 Timothy or 2 Timothy 2.12 says something like, you should not suffer a woman to teach. It's the verse that led to millennia of oppression of women. And Pat's busting out one of those verses because, get ready for it, there is an overarching point to what he has to say here. ...and women rule over them. Now, let's start with children of your oppressors. Who's trying to have the negative uh, uh, impact on our nation? Who has led these riots? Well, mostly they're kids. They're teenagers and young, young men and women. Any evidence for that there, old buckaroo? I haven't seen a lick of evidence to imply that teenagers are running any kind of, like, riots. Uh, what, what the fuck is he even talking about? The only, the most recent riot I know of 
was the January 6th one, and I didn't see any teenagers in there. I just saw grown men wearing Trump hats and carrying flagpoles around to hit people with them. That's what that's what I saw. What teenagers are we even talking about here? Look at his angry face. He's so mad. That are causing the problem. Children are your oppressors. Now, who is in charge? This, this seems like a stretch to me, honestly. He's just trying to make this fit the best he possibly can. And, it, and it's not fitting. It's like trying to stick a square peg in a round hole. Children are your oppressors. Now, who is in charge? There are two women who are in charge. One in charge of the White House is Kamala Harris. Why does he say that? I don't understand. Kamala Harris is not in charge of the White House. Joe Biden is. Kamala Harris hasn't even been in the spotlight this entire time. She's done almost no work in front of the public. Like, I don't, I don't even know what the fucking vice president does all day. Do they just sit there... You know, and I mean, outside of task forces, I guess, do they just sit there all day and, and wait in case the president dies so that they can, like, step in and take control? Biden is in control. Biden is the president. Biden holds press briefings and talks to people and pushes out policies and plans and signs executive orders and the whole nine yards. Kamala Harris has nothing to do with that shit. Kamala Harris is not in charge. The one in charge of the Congress is Nancy Pelosi. They uh, are the that one's true. Pelosi is in charge of Congress. She's the Speaker of the House, I believe. And that's not all of Congress. That's just the House of Representatives. Um, two men are in charge of the Senate, which is at least equally as powerful as the House, if not more powerful than the House in some ways. And Chuck Schumer and Mitch McConnell are jointly in control of the Senate at this immediate moment. So he's trying to make puzzle pieces fit that just don't fucking fit. Ones that are running this government right now, exactly what the Bible said. This guy desperately needs to be oppressed. He needs it. And it's an embarrassment. He will go to any lengths to make people feel like they are the victim of oppression. Oh, kitty. Women are holding them under their thumb because they hate God. He needs people to feel that way. And sadly, it works. Let's take a look at Super Chats. Bud123, Kamala Harris is VP and has a vote in the Senate to break a tie. That's true. You're right. That, that, that is very true. Um, that's a function that the vice president has. Um, but that one is almost never used it's extremely rare that we have like a tied senate chris mcdaniel one of the things that the vice president does is she's president of the senate when there's a tie that's true that's true but that is almost never used uh this one administration gets to use that very uncommon though blue phoenix pat is 90 he has no room to talk that's a good point he's sitting here slandering biden claiming he has dementia and stuff with zero evidence at all just to make it work in his favor it's honestly disgusting bud one two three after 50 days as president biden still hasn't given a news conference critics and allies wonder why washington post maybe not a news conference but he is holding like press briefings just like you know, Trump did. I know that he's not, like, obsessed with being right in the middle of the fucking 
public spotlight, but who cares, honestly? I really do not get why that matters at all. Why does that matter? He has a press secretary who does press releases. I'm more than happy with that. Alma Tadero, Pat Robertson saw the Big Bang Live, right? <laughs> That's funny. Pat Robertson, surprisingly, though he is a d disgusting fucking homophobe and just a ho horrible person all the way around, surprisingly, he actually accepts evolution as the fact that it is. He's one of the few who does. Pixel Diamonds, how can anyone believe this stuff? This refusal to do basic research is bewildering. I know, it is. It's fucking absurd. Color Borger, what pick you used for the t-shirt that have your cat? Not sure, I'm gonna, maybe I'll take a custom picture. I have a green screen back there. I can put Miki on it. But she's honestly scared shitless of the green screen. She is very afraid of it. I just pull it out and I open it. It's like a rolling one, you know? And she fucking loses it. She just runs up the stairs, doesn't want any part of that. Doesn't know what it is, doesn't want to know. Just wants to get the fuck out. Pretty funny, actually. What are the cat's names? The orange one is Miki, and the Siamese, the Applehead Siamese over there, that's Cashmere. Miki is my girlfriend's cat, and Cashmere is my cat. Cashmere's a dick. Uh, let's see. Zulfner, don't thank the mods. I hate them all. Thank you, mods. I appreciate the work. Golderfash, this is unrelated, but what do you think about the super straight movement? I think it's fucking ridiculous. Like, generally speaking, sexual orientations are used to describe who you're attracted to. If you say you're gay, it means you date men. If you're a lesbian, it means you date women, if you're a woman, and if you're a man, respectively. It's used to describe who you're attracted to. Why would you come up with a term to describe people you're not attracted to? Like, are you sitting there listing people out that you don't want to sleep with? No Jews, no blacks, no gays. Why are you sitting there doing that? The only goal is to hurt people. Like, what's the end game to telling people publicly who you don't want to be with? What's, what's the goal? There is no other explanation, but you want to hurt people. That's all I can come up with. Like, if you, okay, you're not attracted to trans people, fine. Don't be attracted to trans people, whatever. I can't control your sexual preferences, and you can't either. But don't come out and explicitly tell me, I don't like dating Jews. I don't like dating Latinos. I don't like dating trans people. Why? Why does that matter? Why do you want to come out and say it? It's a thinly veiled piece of transphobia. Not the fact that you don't like dating a certain type of person. The fact that you come out and say that you explicitly will not date somebody like that. I won't date a Jew, quote unquote. Saying something like that is just starting drama. And that's what the, the super straight thing is. It's just starting drama and hurting people. No other end game in it. Uh, how do you feel about the migrant problem? We're not keeping up. Biden administration scrambles to house children crossing the U.S.-Mexico border alone. The migrant problem is something that we have to grapple with one way or another. But once they get here, I think the important part is how we treat them when we get here. Are we putting them in internment camps or concentration camps like China is doing to the Uyghurs? Re-education camps. Are we doing that? Because that's fucking wrong. Uh, we should be treating them like the human beings that they are, as far as I'm concerned. I'm not saying the U.S. is doing that or, or ever did that. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying there is a line and we need to find it and we need to show them human decency and respect and treat them like the humans that they are. So the, the migrant problem exists, whether we like it or not. We need to treat them like humans when they get here. That's my take on it. Michael Chang, I think they're just looking for an alternative term for incel. If you say you're gay, it says you don't like women. No, it doesn't. No, it only says you like men. If you're gay, it means that you are attracted to the same 
sex or the same gender. Doesn't say anything about your feelings on women. I've talked to gay guys who are absolutely repulsed by women and some gay guys who can take it or leave it. They don't have a strong opinion. It doesn't say anything about how you feel about women. It says how you feel about men. Thank you guys for coming and giving this a listen, and I will talk to you next week. If you like what I do and you want to make sure I can continue to do it, you can support me in a few ways. First, you can support me on Patreon. That's probably the best way. But if you want to get something back for your support, you can check out my Teespring. I sell all kinds of shirts and stickers and stuff on there. Second, you can support me by checking out my Etsy store. I sell 3D printed stands for every system from the original Nintendo to the Xbox One. And finally, if you want to support me in other ways, you can check me out on my other channels. I have the podcast channel, which is where I talk about whatever's on my mind. Politics, social issues, whatever. You can also find it everywhere podcasts can be found. Or you can check out the videos on my main channel where I focus on destructive cults. As it is with most channels these days, I rely on the support of viewers like you to keep my channel alive, so sharing my work is extremely helpful. Anyways, check me out in all those places if you haven't already. Thanks for listening, guys.